in summer we are growing and other churches are like we're not and and i i want them to grow so i'm not against it but i'm just i'm thankful for what god is doing we're believing god for even greater things by fall or winter we'd like to be in a place where we have to decide to have another service uh, where we have first, second, and and third service, and then and somebody asked me, they said, "What happens when that one?" And you know, I said, "Then we'll have a Saturday night service." So we do, you know, I mean, we'll just do it until we completely fill and outgrow this building, which we're doing that right now. Um, we're just saying, God, where, where do you want us to go? I mean, it's going to be an incredible ride. I'm excited. You're here at the right time. We've been talking about faith. We've been just believing God, and, and we're trying. I'm trying to get you to the place where you see what I see, what God is teaching me. And I don't know everything yet. I'm still learning. I mean, how many knows we're always going to be in school? There's always going to be something we're going to learn. Anybody tells you like they got it all down, I'd be a little weary of that. Okay, or leery, not weary, but both maybe. I don't know. Just remember this. It's not the whistle that pulls the train. Okay, it's going to have to have an engine. You know, a lot of people can say a lot of things and I get it. And there's sometimes to shout and that's okay. But I just want you to understand we're going to give God all the glory here. Anything that happens here that's going and in, in the great way, God's behind it. And so we want to talk about this particular. This is we're going to start this series. I don't know how many weeks it's going to take this particular message. I think we're going to do three points today. I'll give you three points next week. Just getting it started. God's way. How many want to do things God's way? I mean, his way is the best, is it? We're going to open the door to supernatural blessing. I want us to open the door in supernatural provision. In other words, I want to, God, how does this happen? How do you provide? How do I tap in so that I'm not running paycheck to paycheck? So I'm not just in survival mode the whole time. Is that not what we, I mean, don't we want to live so that people go, what are you doing? How did that happen? What is happening that makes that happen? I want that to happen for me. And it's not that we're selfish, and it's not that we're just being spoiled. It's just we understand there is extra. Maybe we're not doing something, or maybe there's something. If we could do it, it would bring results. So we're going to talk about God's way. So I want to welcome everybody. I want you to consider me, just for the next few moments, not just your pastor, but perhaps even let me walk in the office of prophet. The Bible says that if you believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. That's in 2 Chronicles 20. How about, how many want to be, I want to be established in the Lord. If you believe as prophets, you're going to, the Bible says, prosper. So uh, Proverbs 10.22, you know this scripture, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it we got a lot of people that just don't like the fact that it says rich in there but if you do a study on that word it means exactly why they don't like it because this is what man has a tendency to do if we can't figure it out we don't like it and if we don't like it we don't you know what i'm saying we'll just back away from it. that way we don't have to answer for it the niv says the blessing of the lord brings wealth without painful toil for it now, this is different than how Adam lived after he had sinned. Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, the cattle, all the earth, over creeping, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's Genesis 1.26. So the first point I want to give you today is, number one, you are the authority. You are large and in charge. Now, that's just spiritually speaking. You are large and in charge. God has given you authority to be able to take care of some things. And part of the issue that we have, and I think that man has, is 
We just think we wait on God, and God is literally waiting on us. He has already made provision for us, but we are waiting on him to act. He's already acted. And so we just leave things sit the way they are, and then we complain because nothing happens. First point is you're the authority. God was saying, let them have dominion. They will reign, so he doesn't have to. Dominion, we have the authority. Dominion, we have rulership. Dominion, we have stewardship. Adam is the caretaker. Ownership, that is dominion. God says, let them have it. I want them to have it, says God. Isn't that amazing? God has all the power to do what needs to be done. Now listen to me. He has all power. How many knows God has all power? But you have the authority. You have the authorization to use the power God has given you. God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that man does. There's people that die way before their time. And if I, you know, I'm not great at or liking doing funerals all the time, but I, I hear people and they'll say, well, it was just their time. The Lord called them home. Some, sometimes somebody that's very young. Now, I'm, not, I'm not here to try to say this, that, or break anybody's doctrine or theology or anything, but I think really a lot of times they've done it to themselves. Now, I want you to see it's really quiet. Listen. They did it with their mouth. Well, it's just God. God just called them home. They know they called themselves. I want us to look at it for just a second. We're going to we're going to just see what I'm talking about. So don't don't hang up on me yet. Stay with me. This is where now they sent out 12 spies. 10 came back with a report that's not from God. Now, remember where God's taking them. He's trying to take them to the promised land. And the promised land was was where he was taking them, but it was still inhabited. They had to do some stuff. And see, that's kind of our mentality. We don't think we have to do anything. But they had to do some stuff to take what God has given them. He's already given them the land. He already told them. But they had to take their authority over there and take it. Remember, we talked about faith that takes. None of the ten with a bad report made it to the promised land. Just a little stat for you, by the way. Remember where he's taking you. He's taking you to what seems like to be impossible. How many have big dreams? I'm a, I'm a dreamer. Uh, I, I like, you know, I, my mind works in stories and, and jokes and different things. It's just how I function. But I like dreams. I like big dreams. Because if your dream is not even, you know, if it's just like that's easy, it might not be a God dream. Because if you can do it and it doesn't, God doesn't have to really be involved, it probably isn't a God dream. But if God is pulling you and he's taking you someplace or he's had you do something that seems way bigger than you, then he's involved. My campground people are saying, yes. He's involved because he's got plans and he is asking you to trust him. He is asking you to step out and just, see, here's the thing. We just, here, we're natural people just want to, well, you got to explain it all to me. I want to understand it all. You might not have, God doesn't have to understand. You have to stand under it. And then you might understand it. Sometimes you won't even get it until actually you are going, okay, now I trust you. That's what trust is. Faith and trust, they are like brother, sister, they go together. Faith connects you with God. With God, what is impossible, all things become possible. You see, if you see the impossible... Can I tell you, that's where your stuff is. 
where you're like, I can't get there. I don't, I don't ever see us out of debt. I don't ever see this house paid off. I, I don't ever see us with an abundance in our account where we can just go, hey, can we get Tubby's pizza tonight? Let me check the checkbook. Well, let me, I got news for you. They only take cash now. So now you got to find an ATM that doesn't give you a service charge. Because instead of 20 bucks, it's going to cost you 2250 Somebody's always picking your pocket somewhere. <clears throat> That's what it seems like. Okay, I break that. They're not going to pick our pocket everywhere. So the preacher's supposed to preach. The Bible says, how can they preach unless they're sent? I'm just telling you, God sent me and I'm going to preach. We're going we're to do this in the way that God wants us to do it. And you're going to tap into the things of God. So much the fact that when things start happening, you're going to be like, it's going to stoke your machine. It's going to get you excited, and it's going to get the people around you going, "Woohoo! what's going on? You know, some of us are just not geared that way. Some of us are just geared like, you know, there's some people that are just more demonstrative. They're like, you know, woo, yeah, <laughs> They're all like that, and then there's other people that are going, woo, yeah, <laughs> Inside, they're doing that. But outside, they're just doing this. So if they just do that inside, you've got to know they're having a party. They're all excited. Whatever it's going to take. But wouldn't it be awesome if we would get on the same page with God? I don't know about you, but I know there's more. What I found out, there's more. There's more to him. I can't get to the end of him. He's everlasting. There is no end to God. Help me today. Well, Brett, it's not really logical. I don't, I don't quite understand it because it's just so, you don't have to understand it. You just have to believe him. That's your job. You know what our job is? Just believe. That's what he's told my wife. God, I don't get it. And he said, just believe. Because if you believe, you'll get it. That's the key. You have to. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. God says, just believe. God, it it doesn't make sense. Believe me. And it'll make more sense. The enemy is trying to naturalize the church. He doesn't want you to believe it. Because remember, he's going to tempt you through your natural senses. So he's going to naturalize the church. Everything has to be through that realm, that five-sense realm. We live in a world where people want to go where they don't have to use any ounce of faith. Just give it to me. I, just want to, I don't want to have to, just, just let me have it. Just go, quit going around the barn, open the door, let's go. Just, you know, McDonald's, where's my burger? Come on, I ordered it 30 seconds ago. What's the time? You know, that kind of stuff. We just live in the society that almost, we are so spoiled. Everything is now. You want now. You know, this is what people, check this out. My computer is killing me. It takes it 2.7 seconds to get to. If you're worried that much about 2.7, sec- mine does it in 1.3. Oh, I need yours. Please, what are you going to do in that extra second? Pick your nose? I don't know. We're just used to, we want everything now. Numbers 1429, or 1428, excuse me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Verse 34 goes on and says, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day, you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. Man, those are hard words. 
One version states that the promise God made was breached. So I looked that up. Breached here literally means altered God's purpose. So I thought, little us, we can alter God's purpose? Little us can alter big God? Why? Because of our authority. Your mouth can call things that are not as though they are. That works for the good. It works for the bad. See, we can call things that are good, and you can speak things that are bad. Just like we talked in the beginning. Some people, you know, oh, my dad had this. My, my dad's dad had this. His dad's dad's dad had this. I'll have that. They all died when they're 50. I'll probably die when I'm 50. Do you want to speak that? And then when somebody does your funeral, they go, oh, God called them home. I don't think so. There's some stuff that's trying to get on you. You need to say, it stops right now. I'm not, my generation's not going to have it. My kids are going to live long and prosperous. I'm going to live a long life. I'm going to enjoy my kids. I'm going to leave a heritage to my children's children. And we start it now. So we start saying, all right, God. So if we start thinking, man, the authority we have, see, we, we just think that it's just God playing chess and we have no say in it. That's exactly what happens. You have say. Satan can't rob you unless you authorize the robbery. Unless you set it up. The Bible even says this. The thief is coming. He's already telling you. He's coming. If you knew somebody's going to come, what would you do? Hey, come on in. Take whatever you want. Hey, that over there, that's real silver. You might want to grab that. They're not going to do that. No, you are going to lock your doors. You're going to get yourself ready. You're going to, hey, we're going to station lookouts. We're going to do whatever. Can you hear what I'm saying? He wants to rob you, but you have to authorize it. And he comes for your words. And that's how he gets a foothold. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We're about to jump to point number two. Are you ready? Take your fingers like this. Put them like that. Turn to the neighbor on your right or left. and No, don't do that. <laughs> so you guys, there's, you should see. I can only see because of these lights. I can see people going, and then the other people are like, okay, I, I've been around a while. <laughs> Here's number two. You'll like the way I wrote this. People get hung by their tongue. People get hung by their tongue. What they said kept them out of 7,000 promises. It's going to keep you out, too, if you keep saying or if you've been saying or think about that. God has the power to make you, the Bible says, to get wealth. He has the power to get you rich. Now, I mean, not, well, I'm not just talking about money, but we are talking about provision. Isn't life a little better when you have money to pay your bills? Okay? Uh, you know, Christmas comes December 25th every year. We act shocked. Oh, no, it's on the 25th this year. Well, it was on the 25th last year, but we don't prepare because our mindset. But God is saying, I'm going to give you the power to get. He's going to give you ways that you can get that taken care of. Doesn't mean you got to buy everybody something like extravagant or anything like that. And it doesn't mean you can't use good sense. It does mean you don't have to be in stress and worry. Because with his help, he can prepare you and you can enjoy the holiday. God has the power to make you get wealth, has the power to be blessed, has the power to give you peace, to give you joy, have contentment. I want that. But he does not have the authority to make that real. You choose that. 
It's not God holding back on you. It's not him saying, well, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to bless Justin. I'm just going to bless Gibby right now, but I'm not going to bless Brett because he's been an ornery little guy. I'm just not going to. No, God doesn't arbitrarily do that. He works by covenant. You got to understand this. He's not holding back. He's not playing that chess and choose game when certainly we have obedience and all that. I get it. But what I'm saying is we can walk in blessing and we can walk in promises because of covenant. So he's not holding back. He's already made the promise. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you. But we have to keep our mouth right. Now, I just want you to understand, we started TLC in the year 2006. First service was in February of 2006. And I was a senior pastor at uh, Assembly of God Church. And we left the Assemblies of God in good standing. We left that church in good standing. We went to the district. Here's what we want to do. Here's, you know, and we did everything according to what they said. And this is what they told me. What are you going to do when you go back to Mary? I mean, you're leaving a full-time job for a church that doesn't exist. How are you going to go full-time? I said, I don't know. I just am going to do it. He said, it can't be done. Don't you love it when people tell you it can't be done? Because I'm not going to sit there and argue with him. I'm just going to say, well, you know what? I kind of, at that point, I have to look back and realize, man, we were really using faith that, you know, and I reflect on that. I'm just saying, well, it will be done because that's what he told us to do. And you know what? We did it. We went back to what they said they couldn't be done. We started with 17 people in my living room, six of them being my own family. Probably the other ones being Wyatt's and one more person <laughs> because they had they got kids coming out of the vents and everywhere. <laughs> There's time you get Bill and Christina there and your church just doubled. Whoop, there you go. So anyway, we started with that. We got back. We started a church and then, you know, uh, my family got on board and different things happened. I mean, and look at us now. We're still going strong and we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. God is going to do some incredible things. And he's taking uh, you on that ride with him. And you're going to use the authority he's given you. We came here to make a difference, to be a voice, to live life on purpose. More is coming. How many believe that? Amen. If God be for me, who can be against me? And I want you to know, this is what you've got to understand. And this is something I have to drill in my own self. God is your source. God is your source. People are not your source. Your job is not your source. Your occupation is not your source. Your grandma's not your source. Your dad, your mom, your uncle, your aunt, your in-law, your outlaw. They are not your source. God is your source. And the devil's job is to get you not to see that. He wants to cloud that. Genesis 1, 28 and 30. God bless them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you shall be for food, also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. We're going to go to Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. Turn to your neighbor and say, finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. He rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Let me ask you a question. Why did God rest? Was he tired? He was finished. 
He was just, he, he'd done all he needed to do. I mean, yeah, can, can, let me just say, you cannot win God. I mean, God's not going, boy, that was a tough one. Woo! Oh, give me a chance. Let me catch my breath. Hang on just a second. I'll be right with you. I got these new balance shoes on. I'm coming. God doesn't do that. You can't, I mean, he gave you the breath. You can't win God. He's, he's not tired. He's not like, I don't know what else to do. I guess that's it. He was just finished. He had done all that he had set to do. He made everything in six days with man being the last and his best. He made man in his image. So man is like God. He's created like him. He's got the same DNA. He's like God. Man was created to live forever. I'm going to show you that. God gives him to rule and puts him in the garden. And he's created everything for the man. That's why he made man last. He made everything else first. He didn't make man on the second day or the if he would have made him before he made the water, man would have drowned. So, you know, he's got to made everything and then he made man. So man didn't really have to do much. Man just was put in the garden. He, he's given a task, but he could basically go up, pick and eat. <laughs> so God provided for him. Everything was provided. Genesis two, fifteen and through 17. The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is why I'm telling you. So was man originally made to die? No. No. And I'll do this in another teaching, but right when man falls, that's where time starts. Because that's when now there's lifetime put on that, because then sin and curse come in but that's in another teaching but uh so man was not originally made to die god said the day you eat this and disobey me you're going to change the purpose genesis 3 i know i've given you a lot of scripture but it's okay i like scripture genesis 3 1 through 3 the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said to the woman has god indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden the woman said to the serpent We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, keep your paws off. No, he said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, I'm just going to ask you, we just read before, did God say anything about touching? He did not. But again, that's how how man tends to work, don't we? You know, everybody, I think, is guilty of embellishing or something at one time or another, but God didn't tell her anything about touching. He said, don't eat it. Eve talking with the devil. Can I say this to you? Anybody that talks to the devil is probably not going to get a straight answer. If you try to reason with him, he is a liar, and he can reason better than any of us. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So let's just be really smart about that. Uh, We don't spend any time talking with the enemy. Spend your time talking with God. Let him talk to the enemy, and uh, and let God be used through you. So here comes point number three for for this morning. This is our last point for today. God made it for you. God made it for you. In other words, the promises, all the things, he made them for you. He put your spirit in a body, but you have to control it. 
Now, these are all going to tie together. You've got to control. In other words, you've got to control your flesh. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be, become disqualified. Paul's saying he's got to control his own body. In the Greek, that word is soma, which means slave. So your body is slave to your spirit, and so is your mind. That's why the Bible talks about that you can take the thoughts captive, and you can give them to Jesus. Because you have, you have the ability to have control over your body and your mind. You have to see that. Because if you think, I can't... Now, the enemy can throw thoughts at you, but it's up to you what you do with them. We get it? Because you have the ability and the authority then to take those thoughts and say, I'm not going to dwell on that. That is not a thought from God. I'm, I'm get, getting rid of that, and I'm going to change my thought pattern. So your body is a slave to your spirit, and so is your mind. They were designed just like everything else was, to serve you. Remember, faith is servant to the believer. To serve you, not for you to serve it. You are not to serve your body. You are not to serve your mind. It is to serve you. And I'm telling you, this is revelation. Sometimes it kind of opens the door a little bit, and we're going, I'm getting that now. Because I, can I say, your body, your flesh will tell you stupid things. Yeah, at midnight, your flesh, your body will say, you need some cherry pie. <laughs> your body don't need cherry pie at midnight. And then once you eat a cherry pie at midnight, your, your body or the enemy will say, you fat. Because I've been eating cherry pie. What your body needs at midnight is pizza pie. No, you probably doesn't mean. Doesn't need pizza either. But, you know, I get it. What I'm trying to tell you is you are in charge, all right? God puts you in charge. You have to keep that body under your charge. Did you hear what I just said? God puts you in charge, and you have to keep your body under your charge. We need to get this, because I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself, because I have got revelation in these last few months as we've started doing all this. I mean, I'm telling you, I am not the same guy. God is taking me to another level. I just want to take you with me. So we got to understand... We're in charge, and the body and our flesh has to stay under our charge. Every time we work out, every time I go to the barn to work out, my body will say, you don't need to do that today. You don't need to do that. Well, if you do that, you'll sweat and you'll stink. That's why God made showers and soap and body wash. But see, I don't really think of that at the time. i got to say to my body, shut up. I need to sweat. I need to do that, so give me another weight. Adam was created to live with an unlimited potential mindset. He was created like God. He was supposed to live forever and be with God. He was unlimited potential. Turn to your neighbor and give them a high five. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to give you quickly, and this is it for today. I'm going to give you the five things that Adam lost in the fall. When they went and got the fruit, here's the five things that he lost. Next week, we're going to do four, five, and six. Okay? The first thing that Adam lost in the fall is his position. So that's why I had you give your neighbor a high five, because these are going to be quick. He was no longer the head. He now is under Satan's authority. Because he gave the authority, the delegated authority that God gave him, he gave it to the enemy. Eve gave it to him, and she gave it to Adam. So Adam was, you know, so the whole thing, transgressed. It's, it's now he's under the enemy. Secondly, he lost his potential. With God, you have unlimited potential. Without God, you're very limited 
So we need God to have that unlimited potential. He lost his fellowship with God. His phone line got cut. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? His phone line got cut. So now, I mean, there's still, God's still on the other end. He just, now his connection's not good. He's got some fuzz. He's got some interference. Because of all of what he's done, he's now separated himself with the connection. Are you with me? The fourth thing he lost. Well, and here's the reason. Adam hides. God knows where he is. I mean, God created the garden. He's the best. God could do anything. I mean, can you imagine? God knows exactly what tree, what bush, wherever he's at, he knows. God is checking with Adam. What happened to you spiritually, Adam? That's what he's asking him. Here's number four. He lost his assignment. He can't finish his assignment because he's getting evicted from the garden. His assignment was to tend the garden, and now he can't stay. He can't tend the garden he can't stay in. My friends, so many times we're missing something because we're missing our assignment because we're not listening to put our flesh in line. Here's number five. He lost his provision. Now he's in survival mode. Genesis 3, 17. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded to the voice of your wife, have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are and dust you shall return. What he's saying is this. God's saying no longer am I your provider. Because of your authority choice. You are now your provider. And you're going to have to bear the weight of your own provision. So the earth is resisting you. And so you're going to struggle to get things. You're going to struggle to harvest. You're going to struggle to do this. Your state of mind now, instead of being creative, is, is going to be grasping for straws on how to solve this provision. I mean, how to survive. Oh, how do we get just to this? Do we have enough food just to make it till the next payday? Your thinking becomes uh, filtered by that. It's, it's measured by that. Can I pay for this or can I not? Is it okay if we buy this? Now, there's, it's okay to have good stewardship. It's, there's nothing wrong with being a good steward. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I'm, I'm on a budget. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just essentials. I'm talking about, you know, can we, can we get this? I mean, what are we going to have tonight? Or, or, or I don't know. I mean, will the electric get shut off? You don't need to live like that. God didn't create you to live like that. We just read he created Adam to live forever and be creative. And the authority was given away. So now 24-7, mankind is concerned about provision. But the good news is that's why Jesus came. He came to redeem us. He came to take us back from being concerned about provision, what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. Oh, God, what? I don't even know how I'm going to survive. How can I pay Ohio Edison? What about Columbia Gas? What? God, I don't know what I'm going to do. When we focus on our provision needs, our create, creativity drops. If all we can think about is surviving, we can't really be creative. It's hard to follow God when we're, we're focused on just flesh things. You know, just provision. I'm not talking about sex things when I'm talking flesh. I'm just talking about, how many know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm just talking about just life. 
If you're just focused on life, oh God, I don't know, then I'm telling you, you can't be creative. You're going to have a hard time hearing God when he's, when he's trying to say, hey, Brett, 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 hey, hey, over here. Because I'm too focused on, on this over here. But there could be an answer over here, but I can't see it. My mind's not working that way. He came to get it all back for you. Jesus came, that's why he came. The Bible says that he came and he got the keys back. The keys to the kingdom and he gave them back to you and me. You know, the first, the first person, I mean, you know God, when Jesus rose from the, the grave, you know, God knew it all along, obviously. But I'm telling you, you know who knew next? The enemy. Could you imagine, I mean, that, what, that someday, I hope they have a video player and I can see how that played out. I, I mean, I could just see, and I got my own mind, my picture, of, you know, of what I think Jesus, I think Jesus got a swag on and all that stuff. And man, he, he gets in the grave and the devil's having a party and, oh, we killed him, we killed him. And then, you know, you ever just get out of bed sometimes, just throw that sheet and be like, what? I can just see Jesus. That's right. He just, he just coming in every step, you know, it's just like, boom. And those little demons are like, hey, what's that? Boom. Something's coming. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, God has got this thing under wraps. It is your turn now. It is your time to say, God, I'm in. I believe you. I don't understand everything, but I'm going to stand under you. I'm going to trust you. I want to do things God's way. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?